everybody. Welcome to episode one of Enter the Void, which is a podcast that may only have one episode. I'm making no promises. And the reason I'm doing that is because there have been many times in my life where I've been excited about an idea. I've told people about it instead of executing on it. And I've gotten stuck in this cycle of getting excited about a new idea and seeking validation from people before even doing anything about it. And there's a weird psychological thing that happens to people when you do that, which is where you get a rush of dopamine whenever you tell somebody about something you want to do, which is very similar to the rush you get when you actually do it. So you're rewarding your brain for not doing anything and it tricks you into feeling accomplished when in reality you've done nothing. So, (laughs) um, that's kind of where I'm at with this. I do want to talk today about why I want to do a podcast and, um, you know, hopefully these reasons are good enough to continue, but I also may really not like the process. So, We'll just have to see. I have a couple bullet points, but aside from that, nothing is edited or scripted. You get the unfiltered version of me and my thoughts. Um, the recording is imperfect as well. There's, uh, I'm just sitting here in my little studio. I've never recorded a podcast before, so <laughs> I'm sure I will learn a lot, and this will. Um, If I do continue this, it will improve over time. But as of right now, it's imperfect. And I just want to touch on that too. Um, You know, if you follow my music, then you'll know that I haven't been releasing music for very long. Um, It's only until 2022 that I started releasing music. And um, I've been writing music for about 10 years now. So that tells you something. Um, Either my music was hot garbage or I had no way to record it or I didn't um, push myself hard enough to make it happen. And I think all three of those were true. (laughs) Um, I just, yeah, I made a lot of excuses. I didn't have access to a whole lot of resources, but I could have done something and I didn't. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is one of the main things that was holding me back from releasing music was the fear of it not being perfect. I wanted my stuff to be radio worthy from the beginning. And that is so unrealistic. And, you know, if this was even a year ago, I would not be recording this right now because it's not perfect. I don't have the perfect setup. Um, you know, you can hear me, my my leg moving around on a beanbag. <laughs> I'm sitting on a little couch in my studio right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not a perfect recording, but I'm here and I'm recording it because I want to. And ultimately, I'm hoping that this will be a good outlet for me. I think that I have interesting perspectives to share on things. And I love conversations with other people. Um, but I, I feel like my brain is always overloaded 
So yeah, I want to touch on the reasons why I want a podcast today and kind of take you on a little journey through what led me to even think about trying this. The first thing that I can think of is when I was a kid, I would have long talks with my mom late at night. I, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you go to school pretty early in the morning and then you come home, you most likely have homework because, um, yeah, I guess the people that think homework is a good idea don't understand social life or child development at all. And they're just trying to keep us busy and passing tests. <laughs> um, I'm a huge non-believer in homework, but anyway, that's a story for another day. I'm actually going to make a note too of topics that I'm passionate about so that I can have more things to talk about if I want to continue this. So anyway, I would get home, you know, wouldn't really do homework because it wasn't my favorite, but, you know, you just have things going on. You have, you know, dinner, go outside and play. Yes, I was alive during that era <laughs> where kids uh, were more outside than they were, you know, inside. And uh, it's kind of weird to watch that change happen. But my mom was really, really sick during this time. And this is something that I'm still trying to process because I think, see, that was my stomach just like rumbling. Um, I think as a kid, there's a lot of things that happen that you don't realize are abnormal or even bad. And it takes a long time, sometimes a long time into your adulthood to recognize those things for those things to resurface. And then it takes even longer for you to process it and heal from it. <laughs> and, uh, in my experience as a child, there was a period of time where my mom was really, really sick. Um, so much to the point where I hardly ever saw her. I remember, during this time, I, uh, just to give you an idea of my age, cause I think I was probably seven or eight, uh, maybe nine, but I remember coming home and I had won a bag of popcorn at school. I never won anything in school. I was always coming in second place or some stupid thing like that. But I actually won a bag of popcorn and <laughs> I came home and my mom was in bed like she typically was during this time. And I was so excited. I pulled the bag of popcorn out of my backpack and this was a like an unpopped, uh, unopened little bag. It's like the little ones that you get in the sleeve. Um, I pulled it out and I was like, mom, look, I got government popcorn. And I was so excited because it sounded so, uh, it sounded so high end and it sounded like this awesome, rare popcorn. I had this government popcorn and she's like, one government popcorn. She sat up and we looked at it and she was like, oh buddy, that says gourmet. <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought that gourmet popcorn was government popcorn and uh, I didn't know the difference. So that just gives you an idea of, of how old I was. And that's important uh, to know for the rest of the story. So around this time, the only, you know, I was struggling in school. I was getting bullied a lot. Um, I was still doing good with grades at this point. I wasn't in middle school, which is when they really started tanking. But I just, you know, I was struggling at school. Um, around this time, I was, yeah, maybe we'll dig into that in another um, in another episode. I'm just writing that down too. But anyway, I didn't get to see my mom a whole lot. And really the only time I got to interact with her, at least from my memory, was late at night. I'm, I'm the oldest of four, uh, but there were only three of us at that time. It was just my sister, who's three years younger than me, and my brother, who's three years younger than her. So after they would get to bed and, uh, you know, my dad would typically be in bed because he'd have to get up for work pretty early. It would just be me and my mom and... Of course, I needed to go to bed too. I got up for school at the same time as my siblings. But somehow, something would, uh, some sort of deep conversation would start between us. And that's the closest I've ever felt to my mom, I think, was back, was back then. It was the only time that I felt heard. Um, it was the only time I could really express my ideas. I was I was really into like short story writing around this time and, and going into middle school. I liked writing short stories. I liked drawing. I wasn't really incredible at it, but I still liked it. I liked using my imagination outside. The problem was I didn't really have any good friends in school. I had some acquaintances, but seemed like everyone was switching up and I never really had a constant friend. And I think that at that time, my mom was that for me. And so this was an opportunity for me to share my thoughts and my ideas. And I, you know, sometimes at church, I would share my perspective on things and, you know, people would tell me that they really liked it. Like, Oh, you, I love the way you see things. Um, so I had heard, you know, up until this point in my life, you know, seven or eight years old, maybe nine, that I was, you know, an old soul, that I uh, that I was smart for my age, that, you know, all these different things. I'm sure if you're a kid that has experienced that, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you haven't, that doesn't necessarily mean you're dumb. <laughs> it just may mean that you were perfectly average for your age. Um, I did, I did even out by the way, <laughs> like I was, I had good grades at this point. Um, and I was like way ahead of my grade, I think like two or three grades ahead in reading. Uh, but by the time middle school hit that, that evened out really quickly. So, um, it's nothing to flex about, <laughs> but I, uh, my mom could hold like I could hold a conversation with my mom for hours at seven or eight, just about really deep things about the universe, about God, about nature, about people. 
And it was, it was always these very deep introspective talks where I was able to learn about myself and explore my own ideas about the universe and how things operate. And my mom was there and she listened and she would always have good, good input as well. And yeah, it was just a very, like, I I felt close to my mom in those moments because outside of that, I, I didn't, she wasn't very present. Um, she struggles with autoimmune diseases and, you know, at the time we had no idea what the, what the issues were, but, um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. I haven't really thought back on that very much until just now. That's why I'm, you know, I'm kind of sitting here processing it. (laughs) Um, so I bring this up because I think that is a little seed that was planted. The fact that I could talk to an adult at such a young age for hours about really deep, complex ideas. Um, was I right on any of it? I don't know. I don't remember most of it. Um, are any of us right on any deep introspective thing? I don't know. <laughs> Depends on what what it means to be right about something like that. So that's one of the seeds that were planted. Um, and I do want to, I'm going to like stand up and grab my water because I forgot to bring it next to me. I'm just sitting here in this little room recording my first little podcast. So there are a couple more seeds that were planted that led me to this idea that maybe a podcast would be a good idea for me, a good outlet. Um, and one of those things is it goes along the same lines uh, with those late night talks with my mom is I have just found that throughout my life, I really enjoy having long, deep conversations with people about ideas that aren't digestible by everybody. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that just operate on a different wavelength and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, some people are very in tune with like the material side of the world and there's maybe like a lot of book smarts there, a lot of technical knowledge, uh, practical knowledge, whatever it might be. But I think there's a lot of other people that are very in tune and maybe even overwhelmed by the energies of the world. And everything has energy, even rocks. You know, there are um, atoms in the rock that, that are moving. They're active. Everything is energy. And I think there are other people that are just more in tune with that, which kind of draws them out of the material side of the world. I think the ideal scenario is you're balanced between the two so that you can tap into, you know, the meaning of everything on occasion, but then you can also tap into the execution of things that you need to do. (laughs) Um, It just seems like there's not too many people that have that balance. And I don't know if I would say I have that balance I think I'm typically more like overwhelmed by the energies of things and it kind of gives me tunnel vision. Um, but with that being said, I have found that when I 
encounter somebody similar to me in that way in my life, I've been able to talk with them for a long time about, it seems very vague and I'm like, I'm like burping right now. So don't mind me. I just, uh, I inhale a lot of air when I drink water for some reason. (laughs) Um, it's, it's quirky. So yeah, uh, I think a lot of times it was like at church, um, you know, after church, I'd be talking about some idea. And and the crazy thing is, um, you guys will learn more about my religious journey throughout this podcast if I continue to do this. Um, so I don't want to spoil too much, but I do find it interesting that like the things that I would talk with people about at church, like, you know, after church is over, it's maybe someone my age and we're just talking about something that we were discussing in Sunday school, but it ends up going off the rails in the best kind of way where I'm not reciting anything from any book or anything anyone's told me. It is literally coming straight from my soul, my perspective on like, you know, why God does this thing or what does it even mean for God to do this or how did this come into place or how do these things connect? Um, you know, through these conversations, one of the things that I have come to, at least I believe, come to see clearly is the cyclical nature of the universe and how there are parallels in everything. And in these parallels, uh, for instance, a, an oak tree drops an acorn, it gets blown through the wind, ends up somewhere else. And eventually that seed is rooted and another oak tree grows and the cycle continues. And humans do the same thing. Uh, the chicken or the egg conversation <laughs> doesn't, doesn't really matter, but you have an adult or two adults and they, uh, they have, they each have a seed. And when the seeds combined, they, uh, you know, they create a child and, and that child grows up and repeats the process. And you could look at that and say, oh, geez, it's just like repetitive. So it has no meaning. Uh, but that's not really the point. The point is that parallels in nature have helped me identify patterns in, in the universe and in, I guess, celestial ideas. <laughs> um, again, am I right on any of it? I don't know. But I just thought I would bring up that example of a parallel because it was conversations like these at church with other, you know, other kids my age, maybe some people older than me, where it's totally unscripted, off off the book, um, or like not, nothing from a book, you know, like the Bible or anything like that. Um, I would say that generally that would not be smiled upon by many people because it's very important uh, in most churches to it for everything that you say and everything you believe to be doctrinal, which, you know, is typically referring to a religious book. Um, but I, I would not follow that. My, my real ideas and my real like perspectives and thoughts on things were always unscripted and had nothing to do with, with books or anything like that. And so I, I started feeling this odd disconnect um, 
from myself and people that, you know, believed strictly along the lines of a book. And again, there's uh, maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but it was just hard for me to connect with people like that. And so the people that did have their own original ideas, um, that could, you know, converse with me about things like that. I found that I really, really enjoyed that. And I always felt refreshed and I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And I actually am starting to feel like that right now. (laughs) So that could be a good sign that, that I need to continue this. But yeah, I, uh, I really, really enjoyed that. It, It was always really nice to be able to share my thoughts and, um, just kind of dump my ideas on somebody and get their ideas and, a lot of times people's perspectives would change the way that I thought about something. And and I think that that's good. So that's another seed that was planted, uh, kind of two in a row there. Um, the other thing that I have been thinking about, this is seed number three, if you will. And it's funny cause I was talking about an Oak tree and, and an acorn. Um, <laughs> so acorn number three is, I have always been really bad at journaling. I know the importance of it. Uh, You know, you could make the argument that if you don't do something, you don't really appreciate the importance of it. And maybe that's true, right? Like if somebody doesn't work out, they're like, oh, I know it's important for me to work out. It's like, well, maybe you don't because like you continue these unhealthy habits that are going to kill you early. And, um, you say you understand how important it is to work out, but if you did, like, you would be in the chin, in the gym, would you not? Like, I don't know. And I'm speaking to myself there too because I haven't been in the gym in like four to six months, and I feel, I feel not too hot. But um, anyway, so do I actually know the importance of journaling? Maybe not because I don't do it, but. I'd like to think that I understand the purpose of it and why it's important and um, conducive to somebody's mental health and, and, and. Um, But regardless of that, I don't do it. I have had periods of time in my life, and I mean like two week long periods, maybe at the most, (laughs) where I have journaled. The first journal I remember getting I think, if I'm not mistaken, was when I was eight. And I immediately like started drawing a scenario. I, I was writing about and drawing a scenario that happened in preschool. Um, basically, this kid was being an absolute jerk to everybody. And it's so weird. Like if you have if you have been bullied in school or have witnessed it constantly, I'm sure you'll relate to this. There is always that kid that gets away with being the worst person to everybody around them. And the teachers never do anything about it. I'm, I'm very passionate about this because I've seen it happen. It has happened to me. Like there's always that one kid that will get away. Like This kid could punch somebody in the face in the middle of class and like the teacher would just be like, no, no, we don't do that. And then there's me who like 
if I make a joke at the wrong time and people actually laugh at it, like it's actually funny, I get sent to the office. Like this is the world we live in. Um, (laughs) woe is me, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is this kid was that kid. Like he, (laughs) the kid was, he just sucked. Um, now obviously being an adult looking back, the poor kid probably had a really rough family life or had an older sibling that was mean to them or whatever it is. Um, but back then he was just a mean kid to me and, uh, he kept pushing my buttons and I, I actually remember this is really dumb. So again, this was in preschool. I had the, the preschool class had this M&M suit. Like it was like a big round suit that you could just put on. It was really easy to take on and off and you were an M&M. Um, it was the stupidest, coolest thing ever. And I had the M&M suit on and he basically tripped me and took the suit off of me. And I had enough. This kid had pushed me down the slide before he had pushed me like onto the wood chips. Um, he was always taking my food cause we would have like little applesauce cups and things like that in preschool. I had enough and I bit him in the arm. I, it was right on the forearm. I grabbed his elbow and his wrist and I bit him in the arm. Um, of course, as a, as a kid, right, eight years old, I'm, I'm recalling this experience. I'm writing down what happened in a very like two sentence kind of way. Like this kid was mean. So I bit his arm. (laughs) Um, but I was also drawing a picture of it and I just like remember drawing this massive chunk taken out of his arm. Like I was, I was just this little stick figure. He was a little stick figure, but I, I drew this huge chunk, like taken out of his arm, which obviously was not real. Um, that didn't actually happen. I just left like some little teeth marks that went away after like a week or whatever. I did bite him pretty hard. Um, did I get in trouble for that? Yes. Did he ever get in trouble for anything he ever did? No. Um, was it right of me to bite him when he took the M&M suit? Absolutely not. That's a little unhinged. Um, (laughs) have I ever bitten anybody since then? No. So the only time I bit somebody was in preschool. (laughs) Um, I learned my lesson with that. I, you know, I was like, yeah, that's not the right way to handle it. Um, I think I overcorrected though. And that led to me just never standing up for myself throughout elementary school and middle school. Um, again, story for another day. But the reason I bring this up is that I was, I was recalling that experience and writing it in my journal Um, I was kind of going through like the big memories that I remembered from my life up until eight years old. And there weren't a whole lot of them that I wrote slash drew. And, um, excuse me. So after that, that, and that was about a week, you know, a week's worth of journaling. And after that, I didn't touch it. I had nothing else to say. I, I couldn't bring myself to get into the habit of it. 
And there's, there's a couple reasons for that. Um, one of the reasons was I just didn't push myself. You know, I didn't like, I don't know, I'm, I'm eight years old. Like, why would I journal? Like I have my whole life ahead of me. Um, and now, you know, I'm, I'm almost 24, which is not old by any means, but like that could easily be a quarter of my life that I've lived already. And now I'm starting to think like, man, I got to document, um, getting some more water. Um, cause I obviously need it. I just sounded so dry. Um, yeah, there were a couple other times in my life where I got a journal. I think I got a journal, you know, when I was a teenager, um, I actually had a girlfriend at one point give me a journal. Um, it was very odd because this girlfriend was like one of the girlfriends I had that just didn't seem to like me at all. Like we were dating, but there was nothing there. And, uh, she gave me a journal. She was a very, very interesting character. And maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll dive into the mystery of this person later because it's just kind of funny. I'm going to write that down. Um, but anyway, anytime I've gotten a journal, I've gotten excited about it. I've written in it for like a week, two weeks, and then I'm done. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, there's something in your life that you can relate that to, whether it's going to the gym or, you know, staying, uh, staying diligent with learning a new instrument. There's, we all have that thing that like we know is important. We know it would enrich our life and we want to do it. And we just can't seem to get ourselves to be consistent with it. And journaling has been that thing constantly for me. Like I'll go a few years without it, then I'll get a journal or somebody will give me one or whatever, and I just can't stick to it. Um, the reason why this is important is because I obviously have a lot of shit bouncing around in my head. Like I, this podcast is completely unscripted. I literally have four bullet points and I've never done this before and I've been talking for 30 minutes and there hasn't been like any long breaks where I'm trying to think of what to say. So to me, that tells me that I have the, I have a lot of things in my brain and obviously music is an outlet for that, right? Like it, it I bottled it up for so long. I, I hid it for so long. Um, finally last year in August, I was like, I, I can't take this anymore. Like music is my outlet. And I, I do want to talk about my journey with that, but that'll be in a different episode. Um, the thing is that's more of an emotional outlet and, uh, like a creative outlet, but there's still so much left in my brain. I have so many like ideas and opinions and, and everybody does. Um, but I think for me, I've just noticed like when I get into a deep conversation with somebody, I never am short of something to say. Um, I so much to the point where I've had to work on listening better. I don't talk because I like hearing myself talk and I just want people to listen to me. I, I just have a lot of ideas and I, uh, I need an outlet for that. And so I've been thinking lately, um, you know, I've had some inspiration here and there when it comes to 
podcasting, but there's there's one person in particular. Uh, if you guys know Emma Chamberlain, she has a podcast called. Um, oh wow, my mind just blanked. You know what? I'm gonna have to look that up. I was literally listening to it. Anything goes. It's called Anything Goes. I was listening to it with my wife last night. Um, heard a couple episodes of hers recently, and you know, there's always the uh, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I think her podcast may or may not have been that for me because she she does exactly this. She sits down. I, I'm pretty sure she sits, sits down in her room on her bed and just like records this. She may do it like more professionally now, but I know when she started, it was something like that. And that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. And she's got really good ideas and she's got good perspectives on things. Is there like a theme to her podcast, like a strict theme? No, there's not. Some podcasts are like very strict in their like format and things like that. Um, I have no idea if I'll ever have somebody else on this. I have no idea if I'll ever do another episode. I am really leaning towards the possibility that I will. And I guess if you're watching this, then or listening to this, you probably see other episodes have been released um, because I'm I'm probably not going to release this unless I'm going to do more. Um, with that being said, I I really like Emma's format and like it was inspiring for me because I was like, wow, she obviously has a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts going around in her head, and this is the only way that she can that she can really process it and cope with it. And she's got a lot of episodes and talks about a lot of really random things. And I was like, dude, that is what I need. Music is an incredible creative and emotional outlet for me. But I, there is just so much more happening in my mind. And <clears throat> I feel like a, uh, for those of you that, that own a Mac, you know exactly how this is. Um, to just get the the notification that you're almost out of storage, right? Like there's just no more storage left in your Mac um, because Apple charges an arm and a leg for like an extra gigabyte. And you thought that you would be fine with the, uh, <laughs> with the storage that you got. And it's never enough. It's never, ever enough. Um, the Mac gets shipped to you with half of its storage taken up by the native apps, which I think is totally shady and unfair. I think they should offer the storage they say they're going to offer on top of what's already taken up. Um, so maybe I'll rant about uh, tech companies that take advantage of people, but <laughs> um, I'm going to write that down. So anyway, I feel like a Mac where for some reason, like half of my available storage is just like taken up by default. And then the other half of it is just like clogged up with all these ideas and all these things. And, um, it's very hard to focus. It's hard to like, I, I mentioned earlier that I, sometimes I have tunnel vision because I'm very energy aware and it's hard to be present sometimes because of that. And like that definitely contributes to um, 
just feeling like there's no space in my brain. Uh, there's no, there's no flexibility in it. Um, and I, the problem is I don't journal. I have all these ideas that come up, whether it's a business idea or an idea about God or an idea about how we could fix this freaking country. And, uh, it just, it ends up getting stored in my brain somewhere, but I can't access it cause it's very vague and I didn't write it down. And so I have all these ideas and they become useless because they're in there somewhere, but there's no reason for them to be in there because I forgot about them. And so I can't access them, but they're taking up space. And that is what also led me to try this podcast thing because it's, it's, I can do this by myself. I don't have to have anybody here. And I've been talking for almost 40 minutes now with, with no problem. And so, yeah, that's the other seed that was planted was, I think, just uh, being mentally overwhelmed more and more lately. It's been a progressive thing where over the past couple of years, my brain has just been gotten more. See, that's what I'm talking about. My brain has been getting more and more full and I need an outlet for it because my, my head's about to explode. Um, so yeah, Emma Chamberlain, thank you for planting that seed. And I, I just love it when, you know, I'm inspired by somebody who, who does something that's just like, yeah, you know what? I can do it. Like I can do that too. I have no excuses. I love, I love seeing somebody do something that makes me realize I have no excuses. Um, it's, it's healthy for me because I, I've had a problem with believing myself for a long time. So we'll get into that. Um, I'm going to write down my musical journey and self-belief. Okay, I have one more seed for you. The final seed is, I kind of touched on it earlier, but I want to dive deeper into it, which is the fact that I'm almost 24, which means I'm almost 25, which if I live to be 100 years old, I will, I'm, I'm a quarter of the way done. If I live to be 80, I'm over a quarter of the way done. So, um, this is excluding any possibility of being able to upload our brains into some sort of AI supercomputer and live forever. Um, <laughs> maybe we could talk about, we could talk about that too someday, just a uh, future, future tech. Cause I have a lot of cool ideas about that too, but Oh, and just another note. Um, I mentioned if I live to be a hundred, my life is almost a quarter of the way done. I was born in 1999. If I live to be 101 years old, I will have lived in three different centuries, the 20th, the 21st and the 22nd century, which is crazy. Now, I know there's the Bible where, you know, there are some prophets in the Bible that lived to be very old, right? We're talking like seven to 900 years old, five to 900 years old. Um, I think Methuselah was the one that lived the longest, but I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not the, I'm not a Bible concierge. So 
Um, yeah, that's pretty nuts. Like how many people get to say they've lived in three different centuries? Um, that you have to be born. There, there are so many things that have to align in order for that to happen. Like you need to be born at a very specific time, a very lucky time. Cause you don't choose when you're born, at least as far as we know. And so you got to be born at the end of a century. Then you have to not get hit by a bus for over a hundred years, which I'm assuming is a pretty difficult thing because people get hit by buses and cars and trains and all sorts of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, the bus thing is a total joke, but then you also have to be like extremely healthy and extremely happy to live over a hundred. Like the people that live to be over a hundred, uh, every time I've seen it, they're like just so happy. And there are a lot of people that die, you know, of natural causes. Um, I guess most causes are natural causes, but like, you know, in their, in their sixties, like 65, whatever, you know, they retire, they sit on a recliner and they basically just wither away. Um, and they're unhappy and, and they die young, um, 60, 70, that's young to me. I think dying old is like 80, 90. That's just my opinion. Um, so my goal is to live to be 101 at least because that that would be freaking awesome. How many other people born in 1999 are going to do that? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> maybe all of us will. Maybe there's something in, in the water at the time that will just make us live really long. So that's my goal. I just figured I would let you guys in on that little uh, little secret there. That's my life goal. But anyway... The whole reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm thinking about a legacy now. I know that some people go throughout their 20s and 30s without thinking of a legacy. And then, you know, they turn 40, maybe their kids are getting older into high school or college if they had them really young. And they're thinking, oh man, like my kids are about to be gone. I got to think about a legacy. Um, dude, I'm thinking about it right now. I think maybe a contributing factor to that is the fact that I have not like, again, I have had a lot of limiting beliefs for a long time and I haven't done the things that I want to do with my life so far. Um, I want to make a big impact on I, people say the world, but what I mean by that is, is the people I want to impact people in a positive way. I want people to know that they're not alone. I want people to believe in themselves. I want people to um, be inspired by my ideas. I want to be inspired by theirs. I want to provide a place of refuge and healing with my music. And I, I've only just begun. And there's a lot of things that contribute to... Um, feeling like you're behind in your twenties. I think social media is, is a huge thing. Um, I do want to write that down as well because that's something that, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about. It's just feeling behind. I'm thinking about a legacy guys. I want kids in the next few years. I think, um, no promises there either, but I think, you know, within the next three to five years, it would make sense. Um, again, anything could happen, but I'm thinking like, 
And this, maybe no one in my family will hear this podcast, but maybe they will. I don't know. It, it, from what I can see, there is hardly anybody in my family, um, in my family line, and really I, I'm speaking about my my dad's side of the family, that has done anything like really noteworthy, anything worth going down in a history book. Now, does that really matter? I don't know. Like a history book isn't what makes you a good person. It's not what makes, um, it's not what determines whether you lived a good life or not. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, I want to do something big. There is a history of, of poverty in my family. I want to change that. Um, there's just a lot of things, man, this has just got me thinking like, when we're talking about a legacy, I'm not just talking about like, you know, my kids or my grandkids. I'm also talking about my ancestors, like the people that brought my last name from, you know, medieval England, like over here to the United States. I don't know anything about them. Um, there's a few people in my family that have done family history and genealogy and, um, I've never heard them really talk about anyone in our family that has done anything noteworthy and someone's got to do it. Imagine an entire bloodline of people where there's not a single person in there that, that like really makes a huge impact. Now, again, for clarity, I, I think that there's many ways that you can make a big impact, right? One of those ways is in your community. You can be the type of person that helps and supports people in your community. You know, you could be the one that um, gives people flour when they need some extra flour. You can be the person that helps someone with their garden. Um, you know, you could help the community after a tornado strikes. So there's like a lot of different ways that you can make an impact on people. I would say that those are very, very like personal ways. Um, the cool thing about music to me at least is that it's very personal, but it's so scalable at the same time. Like people can hear your lyrics and interpret it in a certain way. And like, it can mean something really special to them. And then it can have the same effect to somebody else who has a completely different life. And that's what I like about music. And to me, that's, that's what I mean by having a big impact on people. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there that I don't think that my idea of making a big impact is the only valid idea of making a big impact. It's just for me, from my perspective, there's no one in my family that has done what I want to do. That's what I'm trying to say. And do I think that this podcast is going to be my legacy? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I have a better chance of achieving what I want to achieve if my brain has space in it. And that so that's one thing is I want to be able to perform in my life optimally. I want to have room in my brain for new ideas and you know the the space to be able to focus when I need to focus. Um 
of course, the other thing I'm thinking of is my posterity, right? My kids, my grandkids. I don't know what the future of the world or society looks like. Um, but, you know, if things continue fairly normally, then I'm most likely going to have kids and grandkids and great grandkids. And the cool thing about this is they get an inside look into my thoughts and my life. Um, something that is additional to my music, right? I, I really, I believe in my music and I think that it will live on. Um, but again, that is an emotional and a creative outlet for me. And there's so much more going on in my head and what a shame would it be to um, just die with all of this stuff on my hard drive? <laughs> I, I wish that my grandparents had a podcast. I feel like I know my parents well enough, but even then, like my parents think they know me and there are going to be so many things I talk about on this podcast that are going to be a surprise to them. Things that they could just never possibly like have enough conversations with me to know my thoughts on. So I really wish that I had grandparents that, that had a podcast because a lot of them died too young. In my opinion, you know, late sixties is too young. And, uh, man, I, I just wish I could know what it was like for them growing up. Um, what their thoughts were like, what was the world like? I know that you can ask them those things when they're alive, but the problem is most of us, our grandparents are alive when we're kids. And as we become teenagers, a lot of, at least I've seen it, it's pretty common for our grandparents to die in our teenage years or in our, um, in our, you know, young adult years. And it's not until you really start becoming an adult that you, feel comfortable a and b even interested in talking to your grandparents about what their life was like your job is to live your own life especially as a kid you got to enjoy your childhood you got to be outside and and playing with other kids so i remember like family reunions yeah i totally had the option to sit down and talk to my grandparents about what their life was like but like what kid wants to do that like i wish that i did but I didn't, and hardly any other kid does too. I think another contributing factor is um, being either really close to your grandparents, like location-wise or not. Um, divorce is another factor, right? Like pretty much all of the boomers have a history of unsuccessful marriages, <laughs> like almost all of them. I, I have trouble thinking of any boomer in my life that hasn't been divorced at least once. Um, I think that was a, a culture thing that, you know, forced them basically to, to get married young and have kids young and they weren't prepared for any of it. Um, I could be wrong, but that's what I've seen. So I have all of my grandparents have been divorced. So I have three sets of grandparents and, um, I am not like physically close. To, I, I wasn't physically close to any of them as a kid. The closest ones were two hours away. And the times that we would see them, all of the other cousins would be there too. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just like you're a kid. You don't, you don't want to sit and talk to this old person about like the sardines that they ate out of a can when they were six years old. Like, I don't know. It's just not interesting to you. 
So all of that being said, I wish that my grandparents could have had a podcast because I could get to know them even after they're gone. And that I think helps you learn about yourself and it helps you appreciate your, your lineage. It helps you, um, it, it gives you a deep dive into like a whole new time period. And that could be really enlightening as well. So I hope that I'm really, really leaning toward continuing this podcast. And I, um, again, if you're hearing this, then most likely I have other episodes up, but yeah, I think that it would be incredible for my kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids to be able to hear this podcast and get to know me, but also understand what things were like back in 2023. (laughs) Um, And if you're listening to this, if you're one of my children or grandchildren or great grandchildren, um, things are pretty crazy right now, but I'm going to, I want to bring you into this world so that you have an opportunity to do something good with it as well, to make an impact, to set it on the right course, because we need all the help we can get. And uh, yeah, that's kind of an interesting turn that my mind just took. But but yeah, I think that sums up my four seeds, everybody. So the first seed was long talks with my mom late at night. It was the only time that I felt heard. I felt that I could express myself freely. And I say freely, you know, loosely, but because how free can you express yourself with your parents? (laughs) Um, Then seed number two was conversations with people just about deep things, typically at church, but sometimes it wouldn't be. Um, I found that I really enjoyed that and I could talk for hours. So that was another seed that was planted. Um, Thinking about just how bad I am at journaling and how I need another outlet for my thoughts. That's seed number three. Um, That has really been on my mind recently. And again, Emma Chamberlain and her podcast, I think were kind of the the straw that broke my back and uh, just made me realize like I have no excuses. And the fourth and final thing for today is I want to leave a legacy. I want to do something noteworthy And I need to be able to have mental clarity to execute on what I need to do. And I believe that this will help me do that. And just as importantly to me is giving my children, my grandchildren, etc. The opportunity to learn about me, learn about this time in history. um, And just like... I don't know how cool would it be to listen to your great grandparent, you know, a hundred years after they're gone, or maybe it'd be like 80 years or I don't know I didn't really do the math very well in my head, probably like 20 to 40 years after they're gone. <laughs> um, I guess a hundred would be a little extreme, but yeah, that sums it up guys. I really appreciate you listening and, uh, you know, this is, this has been great. I feel good. 
I feel really good actually. I feel like my, my head is lighter. Like it's just not as heavy. Um, I think I downloaded some of my, some of my storage into this audio recording today. So I think that that brings it to about an hour. Yeah. About 56 minutes right now. So yeah, I appreciate you all. For those of you who want to listen to my music, you can find me on all streaming platforms at Nolan void. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Nolan void music. That's N O L A N V O I D music. And you can find me on Instagram there. Uh, follow me there to, to support me and follow me and see what I'm up to. Um, converse with me, feel free to DM me. Let me know if you've heard the podcast and let me know your thoughts. Um, I am Nolan Void. This is my podcast, Enter the Void. And this concludes episode one. I'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.